It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Not just a smart step, your wise, the next wise step. All about action. My name is Mike Bernard, one of the certified financial planners on the show, also your host. Thanks for being with us. Here with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Have you noticed that investments get a disproportionate amount of attention in most people's financial lives? Mm -hmm. At least I have. Every backyard barbecue I've ever been to, it is the topic that people approach me with. Yeah, that's right. What do you think about the markets? Well, we're going to hopefully convince you today that your financial life needs to take a comprehensive approach and not just focus on investments. There are five other areas. We're going to put this in the right context for you today on the Wise Money Show. That's right. That doesn't mean investments are not important. It just means that they're not the only thing that's important in your financial life. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We'd love to help. We'd love to discuss and answer your question on an upcoming program. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can submit questions on the website as well, wisemoneyradio.com. And then lastly, you can submit questions, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, I don't know. We'll probably get the most online type questions through Facebook. But doesn't mean you have to send it that way. You can do so. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, just search Wise Money Radio. All right, week four of our segment on the most valuable planning concepts in each of the six areas of your financial life. You say there's six areas? What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. The first is your present financial position. Hit that a few weeks ago, took a deep dive and talked about the most valuable planning areas. If you missed that, be sure to catch that episode. Second area is protection planning, how you manage risk, insurances, and other things that you do to manage risk. Last week, we talked about tax planning, not tax preparation tax planning, avoiding surprises, identifying, and then maximizing opportunities. Today, we're going to talk about investment planning. Next week, retirement planning, and then college planning. And then the sixth area, estate planning. When we're talking about investment planning, Josh, you're right. It does get a disproportionate amount of attention. Investment planning, though, sounds a little bit different than investment strategy or investment um, concept du jour or the hot stock tip. How would you describe, Kevin, Josh, how would you describe investment planning? Well, investment, <laughs> swing and a miss. So, in... <laughs> you're going to get yourself coughing. Kevin is still dealing with a, a cold and uh, who knows what kind of bronchitis you're diphtheria. bringing in here. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, Investment planning actually is more about investor behavior than it is just defining which investments you want to hold in a portfolio. And every time I I get into this topic of investments, I'm reminded of a study that has been done year after year by an organization called Dalbar. 
and they essentially take data from from the investment world and say, boy, how has the average investment out there, average mutual fund, different types of uh, different flavors of investments, how have they done over over the years? And uh, we can look back now over the past 20 years, from 1998 through 2017 is the most recent study that we can cite. Um, the U.S. stock market has generated 7.2% rate of return during that time. That is way lower than the numbers that we were citing at the beginning of our careers. And it's because we've got a long stretch of underperformance there. But here's the scary thing. How has the average investor done during that same period of time? It's even lower than the numbers that we were citing in the beginning of our career as well. 2.6% annualized rate of return is the average investor. So if you just owned the U.S. stock market, you should have been generating 7.2%, but the average person on the street was generating 2.6%. So what is the difference between the two? It's behavior. It's making mistakes along the way, believing that we are in control of our outcomes, when in reality, we we really need to focus on controlling our own reactions to what's going on in the market. Yeah. Investment planning, what do you have and how is it structured? Just like what Josh said. (laughs) (laughs) But very well said, Josh, and, and, and articulated. You might have even undersold it there. That is a chasm. That is a yeah. chasm different between difference between the twenty year underperformance of the S and P, yeah, five hundred, and what the average investor actually felt. A- absolutely, and you know, Josh started cited the Dale Bar study. I I actually look at a very similar study, um, the Dalbar study, and that that has some very similar. It's really potato, it's, potato. It's, it's, it's hauntingly similar. But um, <laughs> really, what that tells me, because Mike, you're going to work your way around to, hey, what's your best what idea? What is the most valuable planning concept in the in the area of investment planning? So, so Josh set the table there. It, it's to have a coach. You can go to, you can Google uh, Vanguard uh, white paper study on advisor value. Vanguard itself, who strives to be the cheapest, uh, lowest cost provider of investments, um, they are hiring CFPs like crazy because what they're realizing is low cost invest, there's not value in low cost investments just in themselves. And what people are prone to do, um, is it Daniel Crosby? Yeah. Who's going to be someday a guest on this show. But Daniel Crosby is an amazing author and financial advisor himself. And in his book, he posits that we, if you can hear this show today, you are hardwired to be a horrible investor. And I would say it's true of the three of us in this room. If you don't have guiding principles that that you follow left to your own devices, you will zig when you should zag, and you will do it every time. That's how you end up with 2% instead of 7%. And you will, you will make the wrong decision at every turn. And so, and in, in there might be the exception, you know, Uncle Joe, who uh, was a bachelor and all he ever did was study the markets and he got pretty good at investing and, um, you know, made some good money. But for the, for the most part, most people need a coach 
in order to achieve this and they need someone on their shoulder when you get the you know I, I had the call hey I saw my year end statements I'm supposed to be retiring in June and I'm getting a little panicky <laughs> okay good so we talk about it yeah. right be- that that's it's managing the emotional side of this exactly and you know the two extreme emotions that most people feel at one point or another are fear and greed right one is too much optimism belief that things are going to keep going great forever uninterrupted growth is going to make you wealthy no that's one no that's not even where the greed comes from. The greed comes from, I hear Mike saying, hey, uh, I invested in this stock and made some money. Oh, and, see, it's and, Mike's and, fault. And it is Mike's, Usually. always. Yeah. Uh, blame Mike. <laughs> but no, but that's what happens. And then pe- people play the compare game, and they say, everyone else is doing awesome, and I'm stinking. So I need to make a change and invest in what Mike's investing in. Well, the reality is Mike didn't tell you, he told you about the one winner, not the 10 losers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 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 comparing myself to a false reality here, but so so it could be hey I'm I'm just an optimist I I've looked I'm reading the tea leaves and I think it's going to keep going forever. But I say what feeds my greed is the comparison game, and and the world is ruled by the sin of envy, and so I'm looking I'm comparing I'm saying I should um, I should do some Josh is doing better than me Mike is doing better than me. So Somehow, um, I've got. To, I'm up at the plate. I've got to hit a grand slam here in order to uh, get it done. Well, that's the emotion that people feel when things are going great. But when things are spiraling downward, fear is what often drives us to take the wrong action. So, what you said earlier about needing a coach who's walking with you and helping you examine these investments and your behavior towards them is incredibly important at the peaks and at the valleys of a normal market cycle. You need a coach in your in your life to help you fight back the emotions that come with investing. We are just scratching the surface here. We're talking about the most valuable planning concepts in the area of investment planning, the fourth of the six areas of your financial life. There's still a lot more to hit, as well as the even the investment philosophy strategies that we use here at KFG. We're going to dive into that too. So lot more still to come here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are you taking the right approach? Are you managing your emotions and having those in check? in your investment planning, in that very crucial area of your financial life. I hope so. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the most valuable planning concept in investment planning. We've got more to hit. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks so much for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. We're walking around talking about all six areas of your financial life, the most valuable planning concept. We started with present financial position. First State Bank can help you 
with any needs that you have as far as banking and lending and so on. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about estate planning as well. And the uh, great attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene can help you there. If you have any questions, call, text 574-222-2000. Put your name at the beginning of that. Put... uh, Share your age as, as well or where you live so we can get a little context. And then, uh, yeah, call or text 574-222-2000. You can email as well. You can do that by going to wisemoneyradio.com. There's a section right there on the right where you can plug in your question. And then lastly, you can submit questions on social media as well. So Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can um, find the show by searching Wise Money Radio and then submit questions that way. Okay, we're talking about investment planning and we're going to hit most common mistakes that we see, but leading with what's the most valuable planning concept that we've seen in that area? Josh, is there more to add uh, or what would you share? I don't know. I, I think I would just kind of hammer home this point that your investment decisions need to be made in the context of your overall financial plan. Every investment that you own needs to be connected to a goal of some sort. It has to have a purpose. Otherwise, you're really just kind of speculating on the future. You're really just sort of growing money for no apparent reason. And how would you ever judge whether or not you're on the right pace? Right. The only thing you could do in that case is the comparison game that Kevin was talking about in our in our last segment. You're either comparing yourself to other people. Are they building wealth faster than you because they've maybe got the hot hand with picking investments? Or are you comparing your existing investments to uh, some other tool out there that, oh, I wish I had picked that instead? And at the end of the day, that could be a sign that you haven't clearly defined your goals enough. You, you haven't gotten focused enough on what you're trying to accomplish. And giving yourself that measuring stick to determine whether or not you're making the right progress towards the right thing. Mm. Otherwise, you're really just going to drive yourself crazy believing, man, I'm, I'm missing out. So-and-so found uh, a better investment, a, a faster vehicle uh, to get towards their goals than what you came up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to find oil at the bottom of the Dead Sea. So I need to invest in this Israeli energy company. Mm. And this is how I'm going to make it. No, you're going to make it step by step, slowly doing it. And you're going to make it understanding. So when from September 21st of 2018 to December 24th, the market dropped 20%. And there were a lot of people that were concerned. And so my question is, who did you turn to? Because if you turned to your advisor, your guide, your Sherpa, they would have reminded you, this is a feature of the market. Every year the market drops 20% and it averages 10%. Mm -hmm. And you say, wait a minute, you can't say both of those in the same sentence. Yes, actually you can. So the market being down 20% is a feature of investing in stocks. But if you're able to be patient over time and and be a, uh, an investor, not, a, not a, a schemer or a trader or fill in the blank, you will get rewarded for that. I, I, I don't know here. I mean, you know, as we're talking about this, you're listening, probably hoping for a tip, maybe um, a secret. And I, I, I think the most valuable planning concept for me when it comes to investing is 
don't try to build wealth that way. I, when I was young, so I, I, there's several things that God used in my life to, to lead me into this calling. And one, this was later on, wasn't the first one, but one of them was I was just infatuated with the stock market that you could, I mean, it felt like gambling a little bit. And I, I was in high school, so I didn't really know. But I remember um, I had a Sega Genesis after forever, <laughs> my parents saying, no, you can't have a Game Boy, you can't have a Nintendo, you can't. They finally capitulated and bought us a Sega Genesis and thought, oh my goodness, video games are going to take over the world. Dad, you should buy some stock in a video game company. And well, like a great dad, he kind of fanned that flame and said, sure, son, we'll do that. And dad, I'm assuming you're listening. And it did okay. And then it lost everything (laughs) (laughs) but did you still have the sega genesis no let me fast forward yes i did yes see let me fast forward to college then graduated cum laude in finance michigan state so you think know what uh you know probably knew what i'm doing in college and most finance courses in college uh the the students play a little game where you take fake money and you invest it and now this was during the tech crash. And so looking back, it was right before, looking back, the stocks, the individual stocks that did the best were the ones with the highest P.E. ratio. Like that, in, and I'm a kid, so I don't understand what that really means, but I saw this correlation. Oh, the investments that have done so great over the past 10 years are the ones with these really high P.E. ratios. So that's going to be my strategy for this fake money. I was the lowest in the class. <laughs> right? Obviously. So, so guys, there's, um, there's, there's no get-rich-quick scheme out there. We want to believe that there is because Warren Buffett made a gazillion dollars by being a wise investor. And there are people like Michael Jordan out there who can just do just incredible things with a basketball. Um, but for... The, for the majority, the vast majority, the, the best planning concept is you're going to have to build wealth the old-fashioned way, and that is to diversify and to use multiple strategies. I mean, that's, that's the tag on to, to that is, and, the, you know, I'm biased because we crafted it here. That's our approach here, that you need to have a strategy where you're using the best of breed, high quality investments that are diversified. And we're not trying to outthink what tomorrow might bring because no one knows. But then you complement that with a momentum strike type strategy that can help you overweight and underweight. And then when you balance the two of those, you really have greater a greater level of diversification than most people can offer and 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 then you ride through that yeah. towards your goals yeah i mean here's a warren buffett quote for you from his annual shareholder letter in 1994 fear is the foe of the fattest that's <laughs> that's not the the heaviest person in the room not fat- fattest fad fadist ist fad is the, the person who's into fads but the friend of the fundamentalist. So fear is the friend of the fundamentalist because if you were systematically investing in your retirement plan through from September 21st through December 24th, you benefited from the fear. 
And I remember the fear. It was it was real. People were. I actually got a, an email from a good friend of mine in the business, who has always been rock steady. And hey, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. It stayed the course. And he was he he reached out and said, "What are you telling your clients?" Mm. And I thought, okay, when this good friend of mine is a little concerned. Um, but that's what that is. That's the, the on the on the fear gauge on the fear monitor. That's actually a good sign for long-term investors that are that are that have guiding principles that they're following. Mm-hmm. Getting that balance between the risks that you're exposed to with your investments and a fair rate of return is a difficult thing, but it is a doable thing. And diversification is one of the ways that you monitor the risk level in in your portfolio. A professional financial advisor can help guide your investment decisions in the context of the financial plan that you're trying to achieve. Yep. There's, uh, unfortunately, with the 50 plus years or so of experience that we have on the show today, uh, we've seen a lot of mistakes. I shared with you a couple that I made. Thankfully, it was with play money and with not real money. Um, So we're going to talk about the most common mistakes that people make in the very, very popular, very important area of investment planning, and then dive into some listener questions. All that more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, still nursing a little sickness here, but he's he's a trooper. He's tough. Between us, Joshua Gregory. I want to say thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her Inspired Homes team for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. So far, we've been talking about the most valuable planning concept and investment planning, and it's probably not what you think. We've got a couple more things to hit there before we talk about mistakes. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574-222-2000. WiseMoneyRadio.com is how you find us online. And then all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, just search Wise Money Radio. All right. So the most valuable planning concept is not some hot stock tip. It wasn't, hey, buy Bitcoin at a certain price or whatever. Um, no, it's fundamental. It's it's managing emotions. It's um, it's the blocking and tackling, not the Hail Marys. Uh-huh. So, Josh, what else would you share? Well, I'll, I'll share what Kevin mentioned uh, at the break here. The YouTube audience already heard him mention a phrase, dollar cost averaging. Hopefully that's a term that you've heard from uh, these microphones before. Um, Dollar cost averaging is really just a term that means um, what is the pattern of contributions that you're making into those investments that you're going to hold. Dollar cost averaging says that you want to trickle money in at a steady pace, a steady dollar amount over a long period of time. And in doing so, when you're constantly purchasing the same dollar amount over the ups and the downs of a market or the ups and the downs of a particular mutual fund that you're investing in, you're going to naturally hit some low points and you're going to naturally hit some peaks. 
but over time you're averaging out your purchase price and you get you end up getting a better deal the the math works in your favor when you trickle money in steadily as opposed to stockpiling some cash and watching and waiting and hoping to time just the right entry point into an investment, you won't get that one right. But if you instead just choose the dollar amount and stay steady with the pattern of contributions, you will win in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's interesting to know um, the math can work the exact opposite when you're withdrawing money. So, I mean, if you're investing, if you're investing $1,000 a month, you're going to buy more shares with that $1,000 when the price is down. That's what Josh is referring to versus when the price is higher. But if you need $1,000 coming out of your investments every month, you're going to be selling more shares when that price is down. So you got to be got to be careful. The way you climb that mountain is uh, is different than how you're going to get down it. Uh, that's just a segue, though, to retirement planning, which we'll be talking about next week. All right. What about the biggest mistakes? And this is tough. I, I, I just want to I just want to share again. I'm not I'm not talking about mistakes here because I want to shame or we get some sort of sick, twisted pleasure out of looking at other people's mistakes. I just admitted mine. One of those I I don't think I'd ever told anyone about. Um, everyone makes mistakes, but we have this unique human experience where we're we're able to learn from other people from other people actually the progress we have as a generation as a society today is because we learn from the past and so i don't want to talk about mistakes just to poke people in the eye or make you feel bad if you've done some of these things because i've probably done it too um but it's to learn from them and to rectify that moving forward not make these mistakes moving forward so biggest financial um, mistakes that you've seen in the area of investment planning? Yeah, I think anyone who's ever invested has made a mistake or failed in some way, shape, or form. And so you really, you you, you fail your way to success. I, but I think the biggest, mis- there, there are a couple, um, so when you ask for the biggest mistake, I think of the two. Um, one, <laughs> one is... Of course you did. One is not having a plan. So you just you're just this leaf in in the floating down the stream, going wherever you're tossed, and you say no, have a plan. Know know what the purpose of these dollars are. Am I investing? Because if I'm just putting money in, just trying to make money, I go to the blue chip and do that, right? Have a reason why you're doing what you're doing, and then have a plan. Because if you don't, you will not be able to stick to it in the hard times. That's number one. And then um, the, the the other mistake that people make is they don't start soon enough. So if you're listening today and you're not started, I want you to get started. If you're listening today and there was something that happened, a financial hardship, a discouragement in your investment portfolio, fill in the blank, that caused you to stop, I want to encourage you to get started again. Get started. Systematically invested. We just talked about dollar cost averaging. It's the best way. So really, um, you know, and the third mistake, like you were asking, it's I don't throw off discouragement, right? Mm. It is discouraging. It can be very discouraging, and I can feel 
all alone, like I'm the only person, like Josh and Mike are making money hand over fist. I'm the only one that's made a horrible mistake in my investment portfolio. And there's something terribly wrong with me. No, don't believe it. Don't believe it. And don't, and to me, we, and we mentioned this mistake as well, is playing the comparison game. Hmm. It, 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 playing the comparison game is certain to make you miserable and it will steal your joy. I agree with everything that you guys have said, and if I was just going to pick one of them to highlight just a, a little bit more, um, this throwing off discouragement, you have to be able to do that to stick with your game plan over the long haul. You're going to have investments that lose money at times. They they look like they're losing the game before they finally battle back and win the game, but if you panic during the ugly days and you take yourself completely out of the game, then you're not there for the rebound, for the, the true growth. And so you, you need to be careful with the amount of risk that you take so that you don't expose yourself to events that make you emotionally check out of the game. Yeah, and, so, and I've seen it up, up close and personal. One of the biggest financial mistakes, that, and you can't recover from this investing-wise, is to determine this time it's different. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a portfolio that should be invested and I'm going to set it on the sidelines. So I'm I'm making a call that there's something, there's an event that's happening, this time it's different, I'm putting money on the sidelines. And I have seen people, and I didn't see that answer on your paper, Josh, it doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me that it is because uh, brilliant minds think alike, but okay. but I, I've just, I've seen this and we've had clients come to us and say, hey, my advisor was predictive and got me out of the market years ago and I've been incredibly conservative ever since. And the only thing that you can hope for is the 100 year flood. If you are on the sidelines, every day you're hoping for some sort of market capitulation, horrendous event. Um, and, and so I would say don't, don't go there. Don't live in that space. And um, if, you, if you are there, get some help. I, there's a couple that I would share. The first one, have you ever heard of, uh, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but it's something called Splash Mountain. Josh, you friend, you, you familiar with that? Maybe. Let me let me let me remind you. Let me take you there. Uh, you you stand in line for a long time, and then you're uh, and then you're in in the dark, in line, and then you get on this little um, lazy river in the dark, and you're just kind of meandering in this little tube, lazy river, just enjoying yourself. And then all of a sudden, you start looking out to the side, and there's these crazy looking rabbits, and you're like, okay, wait, I, this is a calm experience. What are these crazy rabbits? Like, what's going on here? The music intensifies, but it's still, you're in the dark and you're just meandering through. And then all of a sudden, there's about a thousand foot drop. And, and as if that wasn't thrilling enough, right at the bottom of the drop, they put these huge thorns, like you're gonna slam into these thorns. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I'd say is investors think that's the experience. That, uh-oh, I was on this ride. It was really good for a while. And then all of a sudden, I had this big drop, and I'm going to jump out and hit these thorns because that's the end of the ride, right? That's what that's what you do. This ride actually had this awful cliff at the end. Yeah, I should have known better, so I'm jumping out. Huge mistake. That's the difference in the Dalbar-Dalbar study and investors. 
I would argue, though, that's not even the biggest mistake that I've seen, but we've all done it, and most people have, and so you've got to manage those emotions. Um, investing is not Splash Mountain. It's not. Um, we'll talk about another mistake as well as listener questions coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me, as always, in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, between us, Josh Gregory. Once again, if you've missed anything, there's several ways that you can catch up on this episode and every other. My favorite way, you guys know, is the YouTube channel. You can watch every episode right there on the Wise Money Radio YouTube channel. Just search that on YouTube, like it, subscribe to it, or whatever you need to do. You can submit questions as well that way, comments also. Um, lastly, or second, Every episode's also on podcast. So iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. And you can share that. You can binge listen, all sorts of stuff there. And then also online on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. There is a spot to listen to every episode right there. You can do so while you're working or whatever you're doing online. You can also submit questions right there as well. Okay, today's episode, we've been talking mostly about investment planning. We're about to turn the page here and talk about questions, but within the concept of most valuable planning concepts uh, of investment planning, we also snuck in some of the most common mistakes. And I shared a vivid description of a mistake that a lot of us make. And on the roller coaster of investing, you jump out at exactly the wrong time, or you just think that... Um, Investing is just a roller coaster where there's going to be a big drop at the end and then you're supposed to get off. That's not how investing works. It's a slinky going upstairs if that's possible. Um, but <laughs> here's, here's the mistake that I see a lot of people make. If you're not trying to be a trader, because there's a trader, there's an investor, and there's a saver. If you're not trying to be a trader and you don't have those skills, and even if you thought you had those skills, it's, that's... Uh, the odds are against you. I'll just say that. If you're an investor, then you're using diversification. One of my favorite quotes about investing is, does diversification work? Yes. But that's not the right question. The question is, will you like it? And that answer, that answer is emphatically no. Because to be diversified, you're always mad. Always. Who wants to live in that existence? <laughs> Especially when you're doing the compare game and all that stuff with, with investments. But diversification, you're always mad because there's always investments in your portfolio that underperformed others. That's how diversification works. And most of us either just don't have that wherewithal, don't have that um, keep our emotions in check, or don't understand, that's possible too, that that's how it's gonna work. Um, this is this is interesting. When markets are going up, you're upset that you've got some of those lazy ones. And when markets are going down, you're so upset because things went down and you didn't have more of those safer ones. That's diversification. That's how it's supposed to work. 
So yes, you're signing up for a ride where you're going to be upset on the way up and you're going to be upset on the way down. But that's the ride over time that's proven to work. Yeah, Mike, you said it's uh, investing is like a slinky going upstairs of the stairs. I'll give you a, a slightly different picture. Um, picture yourself walking up a hill, playing with a yo-yo as you're walking. So you can either focus on the yo-yo, and the yo-yo is, as I said earlier, the market drops 20% every year. That's the yo-yo. Or you can focus on the fact that you're getting up the hill. Getting up the hill is the 10% per year positive that the market averages. So this is where I, and, and most people, you know, I'm not promising, you know, a good growth mutual fund doing 13% or anything like that. I'm saying, look, if, if the market does 10% really risk-wise, you probably only need 8% to reach your goals. And so you want to structure things accordingly. Um, but this is, this is what you have to have in mind, because if you don't, it will be an exercise in futility and frustration, and you will feel like you're always missing out. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Let's transition to listener questions. First one, interesting, from Ed. He's 56 from Niles. Hey, how much does it cost to work with a financial planner? It's a great question, Ed. Such a straightforward question, too, and you would want a straightforward answer, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, of course, so many uh, of these types of questions, you have to have the word depends in there. Um, but I, I would almost reframe it a little bit, Ed, because if you have a true financial planner in your life, I, I wouldn't use the word cost. I would use the word investment. What kind of investment does it take to be able to work with a professional who hopefully is going to bring enough um, advice and creativity to your situation to enhance your own decision making. And if you can make better financial decisions in your life, then I just believe that that's going to lead to better outcomes, better results for you. And it should more than pay for itself over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have examples. Just this past week, you know, we found a situation for a client where um, because of the way they were filing their tax returns, she was going to end up paying uh, hundreds of dollars a month more in Medicare premiums, Part mm -hmm. B, by change it. We actually went back and amended last year's tax return, 2017 return, um, so that we could get her back down to the minimal level of um, uh, of Medicare premiums. And in doing so, we more than covered the entire financial planning fee for the first year, hmm. just in one, one idea, one catch. Yeah. Um, and now it doesn't always work that way. You know, we don't always find a mistake for someone or we don't always have, uh, you know, some hot investment idea that just more than pays for us to be a part of someone's life. But I believe that over the long term, it will be an investment that should pay for itself. And so if you think of it as a cost, you know, the cost of having someone plow your driveway or the cost of uh, someone clean your house, um, you can delegate a lot of things in your financial life, but they really just free you up some time. And yeah, you're, you're kind of judging whether or not that cost warrants the benefit. But if you think of it as an investment instead, now you're thinking, what returns am I going to get on this? And um, 
and, and you're thinking about how this is improving your life moving forward. And sometimes you need to reframe it just so you don't hold yourself back from the outlay of cash to get started. Yeah, and just a quick explanation, Ed, and I agree with everything that Joshua just said, but if if you came and met with a certified financial planner at Corhorn Financial Group, the first meeting there's not a charge for, because we just want to determine two things. Number one, can we help you? And number two, do you want our help? And because there's no way to know, cost is a very subjective thing, or as Joshua says, investment. What is the required investment to work with a financial advisor? It really depends on how complicated your situation is. If your compl- if your situation is very simple, and pe- I've seen situations where people have a lot of money in a very simple situation. I've seen people with a little money in an incredibly complicated situation. So it's it's kind of it is confusing because you would you would think well you know it'd be proportionate to what I have as far as assets or fill in the blank it really isn't and but that's where you want someone who's been trained and has run the miles to know what level of help because you want to think think along the lines of Goldilocks not too much not too little just right so you want just the right amount and then you want to invest the money to have that certified financial planner as a part of your team because you think about this with a with a pilot if, if you ever fly when the weather's clear and it's beautiful outside you think well I, I'm fine with a guy that's just out of flight school or just kind of learning doesn't have a lot of experience doesn't know what he's doing but as soon as the turbulence hits you think, I want Sully. Yeah. <laughs> I want Sully Sullenberger uh, flying this thing because if somehow we end up on the water, he can glide it in and not lose a person. I would also tell you that investment, Ed, and for those of you with a similar question, it's gonna be a, there's going to be a flat type cost. I mean, it's not just going to be baked into some product. If that's how you're paying your financial professional, then then you're getting sold something. And you just hope that you're getting sold the right thing. But a comprehensive financial planner, I mean, there's value in that advice and the structure. And so that's it's it's either hourly or it's an annual type fee that for the planning. Now there might be a separate cost for managing the investments or or doing tax preparation, but there's a flat fee for the planning. And if you're not paying a flat fee, you're probably not getting planning. No it, such thing as free planning. That's right. So good question, Ed. A delicate topic. We've talked about it a few a few times. Probably devote a show to that coming up. So that is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.